Did you have a song that you want to start off with? Well, I think obviously if we're talking about Fantastic, but we should <laughs> <see> that. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll just start. We'll start really strong. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> just blow ourselves like right out of the water. <laughs> it's hard. It is hard to top this song. I've done it at karaoke. It's amazing. Um, I will put it in here. And then, have you seen the um, the Fantastic Poem? I'm sure you have. Where they're on Music Station and Nakai, like Smap is also on, and Nakai is just like trolling them, doing the no, choreography. No, I haven't seen. I haven't seen the Music Station one. I've only seen the one where they're, and it's just the performance of when they're like on, um, hey hey hey. But I haven't seen the Music Station one. Yeah, with Nakai. No, I haven't seen it. Oh my gosh, it's so funny. Nakai, like, the eternal troll. <laughs> like, he just can't help himself. He, like, clearly thinks this is, like, the funniest thing he's ever seen. And they keep cutting to him, like, while they're performing. Like, just in sort of shadow, like, in silhouette in the background. Just, like, <laughs> like doubled over, like, cracking up. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, it's pretty good. But, um... Okay, before we start talking and really getting into things, um, mm -hmm. I will, you know, just do my intro spiel. Um, welcome to the Idol Cast. Welcome to my podcast. And I am here today with uh, one of the most delightful people on my Twitter feed, who is always bringing the, uh, I guess, I mean, I guess they're the elder Johnnies at this point, Smap and Kinky. Um, yeah, oh, I map don't even count anymore. Oh, well, K Kimura does. Kimura does. Yeah, he's, he's holding it together. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, hi. Uh, my name's Kelly. Um, I am nobody of particular note. I just like posting about Johnny's a lot. I don't know if I have anything else to add. <laughs> what else is there to add? I mean, yeah, like Johnny's, especially of that era. And well, we can get into it with Fantastipo, but there is something of just a, um, it, it kind of feels like nobody was minding the shop. They exactly, just, yeah. <laughs> like, they just did whatever they wanted 
like nobody cared like no one was in charge the money was just like flowing in everybody loved it <laughs> like they were like Johnny or whoever was just like sure just do it just it's fine whatever you want you can do it you want to do that sure why not yeah yeah so um the kind of main topic I guess we'll um start with today is the excellent film Fantastipo, which stars uh, two Johnnies from two different groups, uh, Kokobun Taichi from Tokyo, who's the keyboardist, and now he's, is he a vice president? He's something, right? He is a vice president. He is, because I just found out that there's actually two vice presidents of Johnnies, and one of them doesn't really is not really in the spotlight at all. So there's uh, Taichi, and he is the vice president, I guess, of the juniors, I suppose, because that's like that's what he took over after Taki left. So, so he he's the a... vice president. Wait, and yeah. then who's and then the other one is um, uh, Inochi, right, from V six, right? No, I'm sorry, other... I'm sorry, I messed up. It's Inochi I'm thinking of. Yeah, Taichi. I think he's he's vice I think he's vice president of that Tokyo Inc that they started after they stopped doing music. So he's the vice president of their company, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So he yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, cuz yeah. Tokyo does not do really music anymore. Yeah, and so so he's the he plays the older brother. Yes. Uh, Toraji. And then um, the <laughs> legendary, amazing, best idol on earth, uh, Domoto Tsuyoshi from Kinky Kids, plays the younger brother, Haiji. And they're the sons of the owner and founder, CEO of this bottled water company called Armadillo. And this movie is like, <laughs> it's about their. Um, their journey towards self-acceptance, I guess, is the... Uh... I guess I guess that's the way you could put it. I mean, I I think that's the plot of it. I've seen, I mean, I've watched it, and each time I'm kind of like, I, I kind of understand what's going on here, but not quite. It's a very stream of consciousness. Yeah. In a lot of ways. It, it's very nice to look at. Yeah, it definitely, it, it a lot of... Uh, a lot of good imagery. Um, yeah. And I guess we should say it came out, what, 2000... Let me pull Five. Up. 2005, okay. Five. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so 2005. And then the theme song was this song, Fantastipo, um, which is just <laughs> an amazing... Uh, you, you'll have just heard it because I'll just played it for you. Um, yeah, it's just this great kind of pop song um ish yeah it's not it's not i mean i guess it's got kind of a retro feel to it but i think it's supposed to be a little retro feeling i think it is well the visuals are very retro yeah yeah but it just has this like it's just very catchy um i just i like it a lot before i even knew there was a movie attached to it i really like the song but then I found yeah, out and there was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> and there's the little dance that goes with it, too, that I can't do because I'm not coordinated enough to do it. 
Oh yeah, yeah. The dance is the dance is pretty catchy. Um, yeah. If I can find there, and well, this is part of the era of Johnny's. It just was not online at all, and mm-hmm. you really have to dig around on sort of the off brand the back streets of Lime the Journal, the streets of Lime Journal, and like off brand streaming sites, and yeah, you know, maybe go to Daily Motion and try to find it. Someone probably uploaded it in like 2007. Um, I actually bought the Blu-ray because I could not find it anywhere online, and I was like, you know what? I'll just buy the Blu-ray. It's fine. I have... it's out of print, I think. So it, I'm it sure it is. is. Yeah. Yeah, I have a um a DVD that I bought like forever ago because I couldn't find it like literally anywhere else. Um and yeah, it didn't even come. It was like I'm sure it was a bootleg um <laughs> from like Hong Kong. <laughs> I think I got it off of eBay. Um so yeah, so that's where I found the movie. And I don't think I yeah, I I don't think I, I think the song is remembered, but I don't think the movie is remembered really at all which is um unfortunate because it is a a classic of of just this era this anything goes era yeah just we want to make a movie okay well here's some money go make a movie (laughs) and i and i like you know i usually try to like find trivia or at least something about it but i've never really been able to find out anything about this movie um neither have i okay. <laughs> i i've looked yes. and like if you if you look on the japanese wiki wikipedia page it's just like uh, it's a movie and it's <laughs> and it's got these people in it and that's it yeah and the director is someone i've never heard of who i think this is the only movie he like wrote and directed it and it's like the only movie he ever did and i think he does like commercials now or something um so the the plot is kind of just this very stream of consciousness plot that kind of just meanders it just follows these two brothers and like things kind of just happen to them and then you find out that they have like mommy issues and daddy issues but nothing is i guess it's all in like this hyper like almost david lynch i i yeah i guess i mean i would describe it as like david lynch is filtered through the aesthetics of the brady bunch yeah that's a i think that's a really good way to put it (laughs) especially when they're at the mommy farm and then the the daddy Yeah, the Daddy Book. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So, uh, and in the era itself, you're like, does this is this supposed to take place in 1969, or do they just because they're all dressed in like bell bottoms and like those wide, it it like it's like that 70s show. Um, yeah, you know that. And the- because I'm not sure how old you are, but like I remember, like kind of the late '90s, early 2000s, there was this like nostalgia for like oh, yeah, the, yeah, 70s the '70s, '70s revival. Yeah, and it kind of like it fits in line with that kind of like, um, you know, with the wide lapels and whatever. But nothing ever gives you a, a clue of like what year this is actually set in. 
Um, it's just like everybody is just dressed as if they've <laughs> just like stepped out of like like the Brady Bunch world. Right. It must take place probably in in the present day because the their dad does talk on a cell phone a few times. Oh, that's like a little right. flip phone. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is just, and nothing is ever mentioned about it. It's just that's that is. It just, just exists that way. <laughs> and then there's like the other, um, like, like the the set design is all like these like amazing like wall to wall shag carpeted rooms. Like, they had to have been like specially built sets. Um, and then, um, there's all like, like taxidermied animals everywhere. And, um, there's that amazing, like the main water, water company, like the, that main setting where there's like the big, there's like this big table that you would expect to see like in a war movie with like people pushing soldiers all around. Right. It's all like... (laughs) like little miniature like animals it's like yeah. elephants and giraffes and like <laughs> and then Toraji has his little train set at home with like the little animals and, yeah. and it's in like the wood panel den and you know he's got his retro tv and the little camera set up so he can yeah. watch the train on the tv but it keeps cutting to like the pov of the train too, yeah which is very- and all his like his nepotism baby friends come over and they're yeah. all like such dorks and oh my god the wigs <laughs> like, yes! so... <laughs> they're so bad <laughs> these like, horrible wigs and then Tsuyoshi who is a very handsome man has this like ridiculous like fake goatee for yeah. like 90% of the movie <laughs> and I'm sure they never meant it to be in HD like that but there's been there have been times when I've been looking at my file of it that I ripped and like you can see like the lace where the actual goatee is and <laughs> there's like a few scenes where you can see like the lines of the goatee and like the wigs and stuff and it's like I don't know if it, it was an aesthetic choice to do it like that or it was just kind of like whoops but you have to you have to appreciate the fact that they clearly like blew the budget on like this wall to wall shit carpeting yeah. and like <laughs> and like oh our main our main guy like the you know the idols like eh, whatever like <laughs> just slap some like spirit gum on there it's fine yeah or like <laughs> they went to whatever the Japanese equivalent of party city is and <laughs> just bought a couple things like all right I'm done. <laughs> Oh, it's so good. Oh, you know, you know where they really blew the budget though is um so okay, so about 40 minutes into this movie which is just this like <laughs> like LSD um like stream of consciousness thing about a water company where the mascot is an armadillo and it poops out the logo. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and these two brothers who are like kind of like they're lost in life and um yeah so about 40 minutes into it uh Toraji gets up and he's like oh yeah I'm gonna go feed Tom (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) like what and he goes downstairs into the basement (laughs) and there's like it's like that scene from Goonies where they go down um and Chunk finds Sloth down there Mm -hmm. um it's yeah it's like that kind of like what what is this like sloth like are you here 
And um, yeah, this is like this weird creature called Tom that like lives chained up in their basement, and he becomes like a plot point. And what like he what like they got him from his dad like traded him like got him from like some guy in Hong Kong or something like it's very and then he like disappears <laughs> like he's there and he disappears yeah and yeah because I think what is it I can't remember if they if he disappeared after they took him to see the ocean yeah they took because I'm sure it was like supposed to be an allegory for like yeah. Tom like Tom is very clearly meant to be like an allegory for like um like your inner beast or something but <laughs> it's like it's just so it's just so bizarre to have this like creature um and at one point uh he like like cuz Haiji like gets along with him very well like he's all <laughs> about Haiji but like the actor playing tom is like rolling all around like he like on the ground like um like a dog like when a dog is excited <laughs> to see you and like is like showing its belly and stuff yeah <laughs> it's so weird <laughs> weird but good like the crisis point hits like i guess like halfway through the film right and then mm-hmm. toraji has like this mental breakdown and yeah that that's where they end up at the mommy farm <laughs> which is like it's so david lynch like it just unbelievably david lynch right yeah they're just these these big western white women who are just coming out and dancing kind of seductively in their nightgowns and yeah with like the strobe lighting effect yeah and, yeah and they're like they're mom they're mommies like they're, they're, moms, pro- yeah. they're probably in their like 50s yeah um yeah it's yeah, it's pretty intense. There oh, there's also the uh, the daughter of the dad's friend who she has this little parakeet, and then she works at the company, but then the parakeet flies away, and she's like, oh, I'm gonna, I'm free now too. Yeah, <laughs> and and she also looks suspiciously like their dead mother. Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There yeah, there's a scene too because she's kind of like. Like she has kind of like a little bit of romancy thing with mm-hmm. um with Haiji, but then like he keeps seeing her face, his mom's face, yeah, her face, his mom's face, like kind of interposed, and you're like, okay, let's go back to the mommy form. <laughs> like, <laughs> someone's got the mommy issues, yeah. And then um like Toraji kind of gets himself together, but then Haiji like goes on walkabout, um and he has oh there's that great sequence where. He's having that dream, or it's like hyper reality or or dream reality. But he like his dad and brother are like in this room filled with these taxidermied animals, um, and it, but it's all very like pastoral. Yeah, because um, he was having that falling dream um, every time he sleeps, and he's like, "Oh, I've had this falling dream since I was a kid, but I know it's a dream every time." And he never hits the ground. So I think when he's with his brother and his father and like that taxidermy like forest i think it i think he's finally hit the ground at that point yeah yeah it's like the resolution to all of his his issues and so then the movie ends with the two brothers um united in this amazing like 70s architecture house in the jungle but also kind of in outer space and then also Domo Tsuyoshi has 
gotten rid of his wig and beard and (laughs) has his like normal hair and um they're they're writing the theme song of the movie which then plays uh and then of course like the absolute best part of the movie the very end where (laughs) where Tsuyoshi ends up in the moon and then like winks at you yes (laughs) the very crucial like like you gotta stay to the end of the credits I mean how can you not stay through the credits (laughs) with the song oh yeah yeah so that's I guess that's like the basic plot of the movie I mean yeah it's hard to describe but it's not I mean it's like it's things that happen to two Nepo babies basically yeah like one realizes that he's an adult and then, and that's when that's why he goes crazy because he's just and he starts just drawing circles. He like, starts drawing circles like all crazy. <laughs> then he has a hysterical like loses his vision. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then at the the and then all through this is their dad, who is just trailed by like this cadre of pretty girls in tennis uniforms yeah ten- they, tennis uniforms and they're holding the rackets the whole time <laughs> and he's he's retired from the company because he wants to write his thrilling autobiography i suppose <laughs> yeah oh yeah and then um there's also the little subplot of the like armadillo taiso the um armadillo size like the exercises yeah so, so occasionally like you get these oh my god the circle wipes there's like circle wipes <laughs> all over the movie it'll just like circle wipe into like a new scene oh and yeah it'll like circle wipe and then there'll be like these people doing like this um armadillo exercises and they just kind of keep going through the it's yeah you, you really just have to experience it i yeah the 70s decor the just odd uh, like the Lynchian is the only is, that's the only descriptor I can think of just that sense of like uncanny reality mm-hmm. where it's like it feels like it's set in an alternative universe but no one ever really no one ever the... yeah no one recognizes it you never yeah. see anything outside this little universe they're in basically yeah um and it does have almost like these twin peaksy elements of it where you do have this like underlying darkness underneath the kind of happy armadillo size thing and then there's the like metaphor allegory stuff that you can kind of read into if you want but you don't have to you can just kind of let it wash over you like the dialogue is very unnatural too like they're like the um the daughter i forget what her name is um Ma- mashuko i believe oh, yeah mashuko yeah mashuko so mashuko like she 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 takes on this like she's like the publicity like the pr new pr mm-hmm. person and stuff but there, like there's a scene where she's giving an interview and all she answers is itomoimasu like i think it's great <laughs> like no matter what she says like what do you think of water like itomoimasu like yeah water is great like, <laughs> like that's all she says and it's just like this layer upon layer it just it's just very it's just a very odd film there but, was another thing i noticed mm, about yeah. Man- manchuko where um she's talking to haiji and like i think 
she asks some like oh and this couple of a couple times with like stuff he's done or interested in and she's like oh uh you've been you went to finland and and he's like yeah are you interested she's like it's me yeah (laughs) (laughs) not really (laughs) not really (laughs) <laughs> like and you're kind of like are you just making conversation like <laughs> like you're just filling space with your words yeah yeah that's another one that she keeps saying yeah it's very yeah i just like it all just sort of adds up to this very uncanny valley film but it is fascinating and i mean i've watched it i've watched it enough to justify the cost of buying that dvd mm-hmm. a decade ago and i have looked actually i have looked for like old magazines or even just like a pamphlet like you know how in uh, Japan if you go to the movies sometimes they'll especially for something like this they would have had a pamphlet yeah I haven't even seen a pamphlet for this I have something and I it's in my storage locker so I can't get it right now but I have something that I got regarding it but I even then I don't think it says a whole lot about the movie and I recently bought and I have no idea what it is. I think it might just be um, a photo book, but it's about the movie, I guess. Ooh. Or not really about the movie, but just about um, the, uh, Tai Chi and Tsuyoshi, maybe? I don't oh, know. Interesting. Yeah. It's well, coming soon. I don't know when it's going to get here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you have to post some pictures um, yeah. when it comes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be really curious because yeah I've been fascinated by this film for a while and so when yeah so because I knew you liked um kinky kids so Mm -hmm. when we were thinking about something to discuss like for an episode like this immediately came to mind because I've just been fascinated by this movie (laughs) for years because it is so weird and the other thing that I, I find so fascinating and that I really appreciate about Johnny's idols is that like you just know that there were all of these ladies who they're just kinky kids fans right Mm -hmm. but they will go out and support like what like they will go out and support what Domotosuyoshi does and that includes I'm sure they all went and saw this movie (laughs) yeah I'm sure they did and for some reason that really pleases me just like the fact that so he has this like funk side project now Look 
Yes. And I love, I love the idea that there are these women who they may not have an interest or may not have had an interest in like funk or um, that style of music or, or, or anything in that mm-hmm. genre at all. But they like Suyoshi, so they'll go and listen to funk music <laughs> and have a great time. And that really, really, really pleases me. It's interesting. Like, I've seen, like, you know, I'll go around and I'll browse Twitter. I'll browse, you know, other websites with comments uh, in Japanese. And a lot of people, they don't, I think the, a lot of people don't understand funk music. Because I don't think it's really ever really been a thing in Japan unless you're just, like, already really deep into the genre. So it's interesting where they're like, oh, you know, I don't know a whole lot about funk. But, you know, I'll listen anyway. And um, he actually, just last month, I believe, he had a fan meeting where, and I don't know if people are really familiar with the concept of fan meetings, but if it's it's not really a concert, it's more like, it depends on who does it. But, you know, it's, it's, like, it's like some songs and a lot of talking and, you know, just, you know, having fun. But he actually gave a lecture about funk music. <gasps> That's amazing. So Are there fan he, cams? Oh my god. Uh, there's no fan cams, but um, he has a show, um, Siyoshi P, which is, it's through Yahoo Japan, but every week when a new episode gets uploaded, like the old episode will go on YouTube, so it might be as YouTube wow. channel now. And it's, it's really recent. I think it was last week's, so it might be on YouTube now, and it's called the title is public performance, so it kind of goes into the whole fan meeting thing, and it does have like a cl- like a little sample of what it looks like. And he has these, uh, you know, he talks about um, George Clinton and James Brown and Prince, but he um, instead of showing pictures of them, he shows pictures that he drew of them oh, instead. That's so cute. And. He- <laughs> Uh, there are fan reports too. Um, I don't know off the top of my head where they are, but there's a few Twitter accounts that are really big into kinky kids, and they'll post a lot of things. Um, oh yeah, one of them posted like um, kind of like a fan report, and it had like a list of what songs you know he mentioned from each person. Okay, I'll um, yeah, I'll link. I'll at least link to the um the YouTube. But yeah, I, I will yeah. put that because I also I too uh, love funk music. I can hear my mother call. I can hear my mother call. Late at night I hear a call. On the lawn I hear a call. She said, Father, Father, it's for the kids. Any and everything I did. Please, please don't judge me too strong. So imagine you're just like a normal Japanese like office lady in your 30s or 40s, 50s, um, 
you know, and you listen to Kinky Kids and um, you don't know anything about funk, you've never heard funk, and you're like, okay, oh, uh, George Clinton, okay, I'm going to go buy some George Clinton. (laughs) (laughs) There's something like so charming and delightful to me about that image and um i i just i love it so much and you did know um he did perform with george clinton back in earlier this year i don't know exactly i want to say april maybe oh springtime uh, huh yeah i was sick um a lot of the spring so i might have missed that yeah um yeah there was the um uh festival in japan like the love supreme jazz festival and Parliament Funkadelic was, I believe, a headliner. And they had a special guest. And, you know, nobody knew who the special guest was, but people kind of had an idea who they thought it would be. Because I think they mentioned it was like a, a famous Japanese artist. Tsuyoshi, he got to go out on stage and just kind of um, play a riff with them during their concert oh, with George yeah. Clinton. Hell yeah. yeah. That's, that is awesome. He must have been thrilled. Yeah, he put up a um, photo on his Instagram where it's just kind of like the best day of my life or something along those lines. Oh my god, what a sweetie. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. That is yeah. also in one of these Tsuyoshi P um, videos. I don't remember which one it was, but it's one of the recent ones. Okay, I'll find that one too to put in the show notes. Yeah. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah, so Kinky Kids, um, they're... they're... I guess now they're like elder johnnies but they yeah like their songs um their songs are really good and it's funny i think a lot of younger johnny's fans will probably be familiar with more than they think just because so many of them have become standards on like shonen club Mm -hmm. and um a lot of the junior a lot of the juniors will cover them so yeah so you may be if you're listening to this as like not a kinky fan you may know more songs than you thought but um do you do you want to go into like the uh amazing history of the kinky kids oh my gosh okay so (laughs) (laughs) well there is there is the the legend which is that their big sisters both submitted applications to the company because like all big sisters of that generation they all love Hikaru Genji um and uh, supposedly Johnny saw these two applications saw they were both named Demoto and he was like this is fate we have to put these two together there's a rumor not confirmed that they might have been scouted instead but you know the legend always sounds a little better. Yeah, wasn't Tsuyoshi like a child actor? He was like... a child actor, yes. Yeah. And I guess Koichi, I heard he did some kind of advertising, but I never have seen anything towards that hypothesis. But I mean, I, I, who knows? I'm not Japanese. I've, I've never lived in Japan, so people might know things I don't. But yeah, so they um, went to a Hikaru Genji concert um, together. And then um, I believe they, like, got treated to, like, this whole, like, big, you know, a big hotel room. And they got to eat all this fancy food. And Johnny told them, you know, if you guys become idols and you work really hard, you can have this all the time. So I believe how it went. And uh, then they joined the company. I believe it was, I want to say it was 1993. 
I believe, because let's see. Well, they would have been like thirteen then. Yeah, they joined pretty young. Ish, yeah, yeah. Like, but tweens. they were. Yeah, they were. They didn't debut until nineteen ninety seven. So they were um, in the juniors category for a long time. But they were also really popular when they were juniors, like incredibly popular. There is a moment in. Because they used to back dance for SMAP a lot. So there's there are times where they'll say, oh, you know, kinky kids are, are like direct kohais because they would back dance for them all the time. And during SMAP's Sexy Six show, which was in 1994, they actually have a point in that show where kinky kids just comes out and sings and dances for a number, probably so they can, you know, change and rest while they're dancing. And then in 1995 or 6, one of those years, Tsuyoshi becomes, uh, he's stars as Hajime Kindaichi in the Case Files of Young Kindaichi, which was really popular at the time. I think it got like one of like the be- best ratings of all time, I believe. Like Yeah, that was a blockbuster rating show. Yeah. Like super popular. Yeah. Yeah. going on here and then they also they also had their variety shows they had um love love aishiteru which was i don't remember what year that started i want to say it was probably around 96 or so um that's where you know they would have you know guests on and they would talk to them and you know your own you know your typical kind of variety show bringing it back to fantastipo there is um this is only on for about a year like 96 97 um but it was called um tokikin and it was um tokyo and kinky kids and a lot of it was you know sketches and stuff but one of the more notable things about it is they had this kind of a, a not really a parody because it is played straight a lot, but it was also kind of like comedic. But it was um, based on an older Japanese countdown show, which I believe is called The Best Ten, oh, I yeah, want to say. Yeah, The Best Ten. That's like, it yeah. that was popular in like the 70s and 80s, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So they kind of go through the countdown. And then at certain points, they'll have uh, Tsuyoshi and Koichi and sometimes other members of Tokyo like I think there's a few with Tai Chi and they'll go out and they'll perform those songs dressed as <laughs> those people that's pretty good <laughs> Yeah, 
because we sh- we should mention, I think, um, that that um, I mean, I guess it's probably obvious, but like Tsuyoshi is an actual musician. He can like play guitar. He has an ear for music. He can sing. Yes. Koichi also has an ear for music. Can sing. And then Tokyo, uh, they're also they're like a legitimate band. The leader of um, Tokyo, Joshima, uh, he's a great guitar player. Yeah, like they're like I know idols have this image of not being able to sing or they're not really musicians, but Kinky Kids and Tokyo are both big exceptions to that. Yeah, and then they debut in 1997, and their very first single. Um, sold a million copies, um, over a million, I believe. Um, it was um, composed by. Yes, yes. <laughs> oh, his name is blanking. His name is blanking for me, but it's composed by the same guy who did Right on Time. Yeah, uh, Yamashita Tatsuro. Yes, yeah. thank you. Yeah, I was yeah, thinking yeah. about that. Yeah, yes. yeah. Oh my God, it is so catchy. And I think. I think anyone alive in 1997 and like conscious would probably at least know the chorus to the song. Stay with me. It only had two tracks on it, so technically only one song. It had the, it had Garasu no Shonen, and then the you know the karaoke track. They could sell it for 500 yen instead of because um, you know if a, if a single has you know it's got a single and like a B side, um, it's a thousand uh, yen, some kind of like price thingy like that. So they could only, they could sell it for 500 yen, which is probably why it sold a lot of copies because it's like half the price of a regular single yeah i'm looking now at the um wikipedia page and it was the second best-selling song in 1997 that's yeah that's pretty impressive for like that era i believe another legend was that um johnny got um um tatsuro in and was like you are going to write me a million seller and it's going to sell a million copies and he delivered what can i say (laughs) 
<laughs> well, that's, yeah, that's kind of the funny thing about like Johnny's music generally. And again, like I know it has this terrible image, mm-hmm. like generally, I think, like, I mean, I, I know I've said it on the podcast before, but I think I'm one of the rare people who got into Johnny's because I liked the songs. And then I realized there was like all this other stuff attached to it. <laughs> <laughs> But I really love pop music, right? And so it's songs right. like Good Ass and Those Shonen. Like, I love that shit. Like, I love it. Yeah, like, it's just like, it's the good stuff. And there are these songs in there. Like, sure, are there the terrible Johnny songs? Absolutely. But um, yeah, you can't, I don't think you can write off like all of Johnny's music. Right. No, as, there, are, yeah. there are some great ones. Uh, there are some bangers. Yeah, I think I'm in the same way because it's like, you know, you know, I spend most of my time, you know, working and commuting, so I don't really have a lot of time to, like, watch things. But if I can listen to it, I have, like, hours and hours and hours a day to listen to things. So, to me, if it's not, like, a banger or really good, you know, I'm just kind of, like, I'm not really put onto it that much. Yeah, and especially, like, for those of us who commute um, in cars, you know, mm-hmm. in America, uh, there's a lot of us. Um, yeah. A lot of these songs are really fun to sing along to. Like they're made for the karaoke rooms. And yes. so, um, you know, if you can yell along or sing along like in your car, like that's definitely a selling point for me. Trying to keep yourself awake on your commute yeah. or <laughs> dreaming in your car. Yeah. 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 The singing really, really loud at like you know, yeah. seven seven thirty in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> that really loud in the car too <laughs> it's a good one for singing loud in the car <laughs> yeah so yeah so the kinky kid stuff is great and at a certain point um Tsuyoshi starts writing material as well yeah 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 but they're but they do also have a lot of um you know just yeah like Yamashita Tatsuro and um they had that great show the Domoto Kyodai Yes. Where, where they would have on and I actually learned a lot about Japanese um, like mainstream music through that show because mm-hmm. they would have on like just like random like musicians that you know were from just a rock band I think like I'm not sure if it's all of them or just some of them but some of their backing band on Domono Kyodai was uh, the band The Alfie. Oh yeah, the um, the guitarist from The Alfie was in their yeah. um, was in their backing band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just stuff like that. So it's like um, just as a casual viewer, um, and especially somebody coming from outside the country, like it's that's it's the it's shows like this that kind of give you a window into just what normie music, like normie music culture is, which is pretty great. I, yeah, I see a lot of people like you know, cruising around the internet looking at comments and stuff. Like, a lot of people, they miss that show. Yeah, that, it, it was fun. But 
<laughs> and they would always do covers too or you know they'd always have the song and um yeah like play yeah yeah it was great yeah i remember um oh my gosh didn't uh Toma go on and he covered if i'm remembering this right he like covered some sawada kenji songs which i think that i think he did that he did stripper right on double to kyodai i have seen it but i'll take your word for it that he probably did if he didn't i'm gonna cut <laughs> but if he did i'm gonna insert it in here i swear i have a memory of him doing sawada kenji and i swear it was on domo to kill day Well, it'll be a mystery for uh, when I when I edit. Yeah, when we figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so how did you get into um, all of this? Like, how did okay. you find SMAP and Kinky Kids? And So, um, back when the pandemic started, I was like, well, I was looking at the the Yakuza game series, and I was like, oh, what the hell, I'll start playing it. So then I got really into it. And then they put out this side game, which kind of takes place in the same universe, but it's a, a different game. It's less about organized crime and more kind of like detective work called Judgment. And in Judgment, um, Takuya Kimura is the main, he's the main, he's a, I mean, he is the main character, but he does the voice for it and they kind of use his, they use his likeness for the main character of the game. So that's kind of how I got into SMAP, mainly because um, one of the big things about the Yakuza games is that um, you can you can sing karaoke. It's not really singing as much as is it, you know, it's a rhythm game basically. But in Judgment, you can't sing karaoke. And you know, I was always like, well, why is that? Why can't why can't I go sing karaoke in Judgment? And you know, the answer I found online was like, oh, it's agency. I'm like, I'm like, who the hell is this guy, and why is this agency so important? <laughs> Famous last words. <laughs> I know. So then I'm, I'm looking it up. I'm like, oh, okay. I guess he's like a really famous guy in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I just kind of found it that way, and you know, I got really into the game, and I started posting on Twitter, and you know, um, you know, people, people on English-speaking Twitter who are already into the game and already into Smap, they found me, and they're like, hey, you know. If you like, if you like this game, maybe I like Smap. And there's um, there's a actually a playlist on Bilibili, which is the Chinese YouTube site, which has like every Smap video, or like is it broken up in two parts? But it's basically like every Smap video out there. So they link me to it, and they're like, hey, you know, maybe you'd like looking at this. So I'm watching it, and I'm like, okay. All right, this this actually kind of rules. Okay, and then it's just you know, that's it for me. I'm stuck. 
can't get out of the swamp. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you're a really recent fan. I guess I didn't realize yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's pretty cool. So you came in after SMAP had even broken up. Yeah. Oh, my God. There's actually there's a lot of people who did, actually. They came really? from video from game. Judgment? Yeah. From a judgment. Wow. That's so cool. Yeah. Well, Ben, uh, Kimura baited into... Um... <laughs> <laughs> he, he does that. He has that effect on people. He's He's a very magnetic person i mean even now he must be in his 50s he turned turned 50 last year okay yeah last november yeah so even at 50 he just he does have that kind of charisma that he's had since i mean day one really um yeah yeah there's something and it's not that he's like this technically great actor or anything but um you just like him you just watch things and that he's in and you just he's you just like him he's uh, a very personable person i suppose i've never met him but you know yeah well and i mean um so so people may also know him as the voice of howl in howl's moving <laughs> castle <laughs> a fact that um twitter finds out like once a year i guess yeah they find it out and they're like wow this guy's <laughs> the voice of howl and they always use the same picture <laughs> <laughs> because if you google like voice of howl on google and like you look at the the first image is always the same picture so they're always <laughs> posting this picture that's like 30 years old <laughs> yeah so um but he's yeah like so he's not this like technically gifted actor or anything but he's just very charismatic and um just likable and he has this great voice. He really, really does. So I, so yeah, I'm glad that he's doing uh, voice work in games because his voice is just, I, yeah, I, it's a national, it's a global uh, gift. It's really good to listen to. There's a really funny story about um, the voice acting in Judgment, and I believe it, I think it was for the first game, and I'm kind of fudging on details here because I can't really remember. I think it was the um, people who were doing the English translation for it, the English uh, localization, and they couldn't tell the people who the voice was for it for, you know, God knows what reason. But somebody was, you know, looking at the dialogue, and they are listening to it, and they're like, hey, is this Takuya Kimura? <laughs> <laughs> like, he just has this distinctive, like, voice and way of talking that you're just kind of like, oh, no, this is him for sure. Yeah, 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 and he has his own, like, so SMAP, um, alas, uh, has broken up, and maybe, maybe that story is one I will tackle now that I've finished the, uh, TVXQ, <laughs> like, saga, I'll go into the, uh, SMAP saga, but, um, yeah, uh, three of the members left the agency, two stayed, and then the three formed their own, like, um, what are they, the, uh, Atarashi Chizu. Yes. Like, which <laughs> literally new, new map. New map. So, you know, they're very <laughs> slick about it. Yeah, new map. Um and then uh Nakai, he also left and started his own agency, and so it's now it's just Kimura left at Johnny's. But um yeah, it's great that they're getting all these new fans because I think SMAP I think SMAP really are the greatest idol group that ever existed and ever will exist basically <laughs>
I'm biased, so. <laughs> I mean, they're not my favorite. My favorite's ABCZ. Of course. But, um, yeah, which I think they have, like, the lowest fan club membership they still. They do. It's yeah, so, I always oh, see. It breaks my I heart. I see, like, the fan club numbers, like, floating around sometimes, and I'm like, I always feel so bad. I'm like, why? I don't know. I honestly, like, they're so, like, I love ABCZ so much, like, but I guess yeah, I don't know why they don't have more. I mean, they have handsome guys like Totsu is very handsome. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not sure why they never really took off, but um, they're my favorite. But any, but SMAP I think is like the ultimate. Like, there's never gonna be another group like SMAP ever. Yeah, and ever, I mean ever. that. Yeah, just because for one thing, the whole landscape has changed. Yeah, the whole media landscape has changed yeah. a lot. Yeah. Like we were saying with like Fantastipo, like the, I feel like that era, there was just this a lot more looseness to mm-hmm. their personas and like not everything was going to be caught and put online. So I feel like there was just a little more freedom to be like relaxed or eccentric in, in certain ways and I feel like some of that has kind of um, drifted off or just, I don't know. Like, I feel like a lot of the younger acts coming up and they're just firmly in the mold of like, like there's all these types that have kind of calcified and um, like when SMAP was coming up, like they really were forging their own path in a lot of ways. And same with Kinky, like, yeah. There wasn't there wasn't another duo like that at Johnny's or really so it was kind of like they were building their own thing. I mean Smap kind of had to because um you know, right around when they debuted, um the whole you know, the whole bubble economy just popped so and all these I believe they call it the Idol Ice Age. Yeah. And all these music shows that were previously you know you go on and you perform on they were just like you know shuddering left and right so they didn't really have much of a choice they were just like well what are we going to do now so they just kind of threw everything at the wall and tried to see what stuck yeah yeah and there's something i think to that like to the to to the idols that were kind of formed in those like hard times i mean everyone coming after you is is going to have it easier. They just are. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, there's some, there is something about it. Like the, I don't know, there's like a, just a character or personality or something that 
Because, I mean, yeah, I mean, there are definitely groups of the juniors. Like, I really love um, High High Chats. Those kids are, although I, they must be 20 now. I think I I think all of the like the the I guess well gelled junior groups that people know of like the ones that um, people thought they were gonna announce a debut and they had like that big like oh concert God. or whatever honestly but I they think, didn't well I think they would have except for like the <laughs> the, the, the shit show the company yeah. burning down yeah. oh my God do we even want to touch on that because. Um, uh, we were talking about the juniors, and they just yeah. had the big concert. Somebody yes. was supposed to debut. Nobody did. Nobody did. So yeah. we don't know when they're going to debut. Yeah, we don't know when they're going to debut. But I wish, I hope Hi Hi Jets debuts, even though, like, it's such a crowded idol market right now. But, I, yeah, yeah, I, I still hope they debut. I really like them. Um, <laughs> although now I have to laugh every time I see them because, so I made, um, when I was in Japan in December, I made my friend Tiffany watch their um, live concert, <laughs> <laughs> their live concert DVD, and um, and she was just like, "Why does this guy look like one of the hosts from Shinjuku, like that you see on the, like the bus, <laughs> like the truck billboards?" And now I can't unsee it. <laughs> it's he, so funny he when I was kind in, of does <laughs> like when I I was went to Japan for the first time uh, in May and I'm like walking in Shibuya and like I see those trucks and I'm like is this truck advertising me a host club or an idol group I can't tell <laughs> who can say it could be both. I mean, it could be both. It's a wide market now. Yeah, it is a wide market. Oh my god. Yeah, yeah. The host thing is, um, I would never want to go to one. But there, yeah. I mean, people go the host and the hostess bars, and then the host clubs too. It's, um, yeah. I heard one of the rumors that I heard from I forget where I even heard this, but that like, um, the uh, in the old days. The mm -hmm. Takarajens used to go into like Osaka and then go to the like the host clubs, but then, <laughs> then they got in trouble for it and like weren't allowed to go anymore. <laughs> <laughs> and for some reason, that really delighted me. Like, 
<laughs> just imagining all these Takadajians like like finishing up their stage performance and whatever and yeah. being like, Oh, oh my god, I gotta get it and just like jetting into Osaka and like Yeah. Those <laughs> dead the host clubs. Yeah. I don't think I could go in e- go in one either because I I don't think I could um I can't decouple myself from the reality that this guy is being paid to like flirt with me and stuff so i'm like like, i can't do that yeah 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 you gotta kind of keep up that um sort of uh faux faux reality Uh, yeah like maybe it works if you're maybe it works if you're japanese i'm not sure yeah i don't know or because i think i don't know maybe if i went to gosh like a male strip club i suppose maybe i I could like suspend the belief but who knows yeah yeah well then there's also they have the um like the butler cafes too yeah i've heard of that yeah yeah well tiffany said she went to one of those and uh and they like they'd be like oh well tell someone like can i accompany you to the bathroom (laughs) like 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 walk you to the bathroom i'm like oh my god i would that would annoy me so much i'm like i could never this is not my that is not my bag but apparently there's a market for it (laughs) uh good for every pot i suppose yeah 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 so how did you like japan so i would like i have to preface this by saying that i have an anxiety disorder and it flared up really bad when i was there so um i didn't get to do as many things as i would like to um mainly because i could not find a way to calm myself down um but i did i did get out and do it did do a few things you know i went to i did go to the johnny shop which um they're actually moving it so so did you go to the one in um like in harajuku no that one actually closed like a couple years ago they had well they have i should say had one um they opened one in 2011 in shibuya and then they just close it at the end of last month and they're going to reopen it somewhere else in December, but nobody knows where yet. But it was really weird because you can't really see it from the street. It's like in a basement of like this big building. Yeah, yeah. Well, because um, I've only ever been to the one in Harajuku, which I guess mm-hmm. is no longer there. But um, it's kind of a weird experience. Like you go, like the one in Harajuku, like was, yeah, was, that one was in a basement too. And um depending on when you went like you could see like the long line of like women and girls just like queued up outside but um you would like you get let in and you have like a little um at least this was in the old days you would get like a little paper and like a pencil and you would go through and there'd just be like walls and walls and walls of these um pictures like official pictures Uh and you would find your favorite group and you would mark down like okay here's the abcz section like okay i want number uh 100 and i want number 147 and i want number blah 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 and then you also write down how many copies of each one that you want Mm -hmm. (laughs) and so i mean i only ever bought like a handful of things but uh yeah you would see you would come out and there would be girls there with like i mean you know how like if you buy like a pack of index cards uh-huh like like that big of a stack of like shop <laughs> photos or or bigger like they look like you know you would stick them in your <laughs> like you were like doing flashcards or whatever like they were yeah you would walk out girls with like massive stacks of photos i mean yeah they uh yeah i mean you can t- complain about how tightly that johnny's controlled like the 
the photo rights and stuff, but man, they, oh, like, they made bank on those things. They made bank on those things. Yeah, yeah. But uh, no, when I went, there was no line because you still had to have reservations to get oh, in. Oh, right. Yeah. So okay. every they would open up reservations a week ahead of time at like noon japan time so if you wanted to get reservations for a certain day you had to be online like at noon otherwise like all the time slots would like just go so that's what i had to do and then you you know you go in it's all on your smartphone now everything's on your smartphone you have to show your little ticket with your uh qr code to like the poor guy at the entrance and you have to bring it up live on your phone because it has like a flashing background to make sure you're faking it yeah yeah (laughs) i went to see abc's uh johnny's densetsu and i had a front row center which was amazing i didn't know until i got there because again tickets are qr codes now yeah um yeah but anyway yeah. yeah 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 and then you go downstairs and then you stand in a line because uh, they let you go probably by time, I guess. But um, I stood in the wrong place three times because I didn't know where the end of the line was. Um, and they actually they actually give you a laminated sheet in English to tell you how to buy shot photos. Wow. Yes. Um, so it's all done by QR code. Um, so you scan the QR code. There's a QR code for the juniors and a QR code for the regular guys. And then you go in and it has the wall of photos, but it's all digital now. So it's like a, like screens of photos, except for like a couple areas where I think they just like ran out of room. It was like new ones. So they were just kind of like copies, like taped to like a sign or something. So, and you just go ahead and That'd you probably scan. be ABCZ. <laughs> like the... Actually, I think the ones I saw when I was there was like Cartoon and Sexy Zone had like the taped up ones. But, um, and you know, you scan the QR code on the screens with your phone and, you know, your cart fills. And then there's a, uh, another area where you scan it and then it'll go to like the counter to where you pick up your photos at. And at the, at the photo counter, they have like numbers. So I'll be like, oh, this number's ready. Da 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 da. I didn't buy any, mainly because my phone kept like glitching out on me. And because, um, I was very tired and like I was like I already have a lot of these photos I want because you know all the groups I liked at the time uh which I mean I like sexy zone now but like at the time it was kind of like eh. but um you know it's like oh, I have all these already because you know there's only like kinky kids puts out like like six photos and it's like <laughs> oh I have these already okay yeah yeah and I mean it's a little different now too because you can just go to Instagram and see Tsuyoshi's eyebrows like that's <laughs> He, didn't, he retired the eyebrows again. He brought them back for his new album, and then he retired them again for real this time. There's no more eyebrows. Well, yeah, I mean, you could just go with, like, flip back through Instagram and see. But, I mean, it is nice to have, like, the physical photos. I have... Um, I have so many photos. I have a few binders worth of, like, Kawaii Fumito and ABCC. <laughs> I remember joking too, like with, so I got like a bunch of Kawaii shop photos and I was like, man, I bet he would be really happy to know that there's some lady in America who just <laughs> like a binder <laughs> full of his pictures. <laughs> and, it, and an ABCZ Uchiwa at my desk. So yeah. <laughs> I have, well, I, I took them down, but at my, um, I used to have all the SMAP Uchiwas above my desk at work. 
And now I just have like a shingle one on the outside of my cube so that people, he's just like always there with a smiling face, smiling at everybody who walks by. Oh, hi! What a, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So you, but okay. So um, one of the other things I want to talk to you about was the Shingo art exhibit because that, you did get to go. Yeah. I did. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That so was I, like, I was like, I have to see that. Yeah, it was really intense. I went, so I went um, in December, um, and yeah, so it's one of these things. There's no photos allowed, um, and this the so when I went, it was in Tokyo at like some mall, like some display exhibit mm-hmm. space at the mall, and um, the doors opened at like ten or something, and. Um, I, I went a little bit early just because I wasn't sure if I'd be able to find it. But, like, I get up there and there's already just, like, dozens and dozens of women. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> like my all, God. all orderly and, like, lined up already. And so, um, yeah, so I got in line and um, they, you know, they would let you in and, like, um, in an orderly way. Because I think COVID... COVID wasn't such a big deal when I was there, but they were still, I think, concerned with like social distancing and, and that kind of stuff. So they were still trying to keep space, but, um, yeah, like you, I just, they just kind of send you through this path and you can like walk around and you, um, just look at art that Shingo has created over the years. Um, there's so much of it too. There's so, and it, it's, it's interesting too, because it's not, I mean, there was some like stuff done on canvas and, and things, but there was stuff done on like cardboard and, um, with spray paint mm-hmm. and things that look like found, like he just done worked with like found objects or, um, things that he had just sort of sketched and, and like just things that, a lot of it, it reminded me of, um, so in Baltimore, there's, um, a museum called like the visionary, it's like the American visionary art museum. Mm -hmm. And it reminded me a lot of being in there where it's art from people that are creative. Um, but they're from outside, like the, you know, quote unquote academy. So like outsider art, basically. Yeah. Yeah. But not, not in like uh not in like the like the you know the way you think of it yeah not outsider art in that you know like this janitor oh that famous story about like the he was like the janitor and he'd like done this whole like thing in his garage or whatever Mm -hmm. and nobody knew about it until he passed away and um not like like that kind of outsider art but more just like art from outside the academy i guess okay but yeah it was just very I don't know it was like very intense and um unexpectedly like dark in a lot of places like there were some of them that you could just tell he was just extremely unhappy and getting it all out on this canvas and um I was just I ended up walking uh because you know in these things you end up like like you'll just end up following the same people like around yeah exactly <laughs> but there were these two ladies um that for whatever reason like i just ended up like we were just in the same same places at the same times but it was just mm-hmm. interesting hearing them talk because again just like with um tsuyoshi and like the idea that just like these normal women that may not otherwise go to like a funk thing like these are just normal like 
housewives or like moms and Mm -hmm. um I don't think they would ever be at an art exhibit otherwise but they were looking at everything and like discussing it and um yeah it was it was just really kind of interesting hearing their comments too like they're like oh this is oh this is really dark and um yeah it was it was it was very like this I thought it was very emotional and I'm not like a massive Shingo fan but I feel like I understand him a little bit better like having walked through all of that Mm -hmm. I don't know well I went to the I went to the one in Osaka because that was it was happening there when I happened to be there so it's probably set up the same way but yeah I was I went like on a Wednesday afternoon because I'm like who's gonna be there on a Wednesday afternoon and it turns out a lot of people are so (laughs) in a way I was um I was hoping there'd be less people because like when I go to museums I kind of like to like hang back and I like to like you know take my time in front of the art and just kind of like you know stand there if they have like a seat you know sit there and just kind of like let it like sink in a little bit but it was kind of impossible just because there were so many people and you're just kind of like you almost feel like you're kind of like being carried on a wave almost um through the uh exhibit you know some things that I've seen I haven't seen before I should say but like stuff that I'm familiar with I suppose like there's this one painting that I believe is called Scapegoat, and I th- I might be mixing it up with another one, but there's another one where it just says, it's just, it's a big canvas, it just has no all over it in, like, different oh, kind of ways. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah I would, like, my my art book is across the room, or else I would look it up, but, um, yeah, and, like, I think that's one of the ones that, like, really, like, you know, you see some of them, and you just, like, you can tell like this came from like a place that was just like very damn, very dark especially when you look at the dates on them and like they're yes. like 2016 yes yeah yeah because yeah. um i mean obviously i wasn't there for it but you know i've heard a lot of like gossip i you know i, I go back and i read a lot of things <laughs> and you know there's always this gossip that like oh you know smack splitting up because of shingo na 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 shingo wants to do this na, na, na. Uh, shingo and kimono don't get along na 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 so i think a, a lot of like gossip rags were just kind of like, going in on him at the time which definitely does not put you in a great state of mind when like everything that you've been working with since you were 11 years old is kind of falling apart in front of you a literal kid like a literal kid yeah a literal child yeah yeah a literal child yeah because that's the other thing i think um we didn't mention it but a lot of these johnnies from this era they did like they started out as kids but um the johnnies today like they go to college like they go to university like um like abe chan from snowman like he's like super smart and more than that he's like educated <laughs> like yeah he, he like, is he's the, he's the one who's the, the weatherman um, the weatherman yes. yeah and he does like quiz shows and he's um and like sakurai show does like the news he's a newscaster mm-hmm. um but like in this day like these guys didn't i mean they're not like educated didn't go to high school they, yeah exactly like they didn't go to high school like um like arashi's ono who kind of bridges this gap but um, he like famously was terrible at reading kanji, 
Um, and I'm like, yeah, because he was working. <laughs> like, yeah. And like Nagase from Tokyo is the same way. I think he's about the same age. But yeah, like he is also like famously bad at like reading kanji. And um, it's like, yeah, because he wasn't at school, like learning how to read. <laughs> like, I think I think Nakai is the same way. Like there was a, a joke in. It. Yeah. Yeah, there's a joke in um uh back in Smap days, um Shingo used to have this corner on Smash Station where it was um an English corner, um because I think for a while I was learning English. So and they put out some English guidebooks or English books that are for people who want to study English and they have you know like phrases and stuff like that. And you know there's little little interview portions and in one of them, you know he's like, I wish each of the Smap members could speak one language per member. Don't you think it's cool? I English, Siopon Korean, Goro Chen French, no reason, Kimura kun Italian. I think Kimura kun matches well with Italian. Nakai kun Japanese, of course. I want to learn proper Japanese at first. <laughs> oh, Nakai. <laughs> Maybe people don't really realize that a lot of these younger idols, like, they just didn't go to school. I think the rest of the members of SMAP did, like, everybody went to high school except Shingo, because I think just by the time that, you know, they debuted and they were getting busy, he was young, and he was like, well, I'm busy now, I guess I'll do something else. I'll just perform. Hey. Yeah, I feel like in today's world, it's a lot more um, taken seriously, I guess, like, the Mm -hmm. education part, but, like, certainly back in, like, the 90s, not so much. Yeah. yeah. This is like, well, you know, nothing will happen. You can just go ahead and <laughs> perform. Yeah, perform for Worry about backup here. Yeah, yeah. And then, like, so I just did this big series on um, Toho Shinki, TVXQ. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, like, Boa, the she was, like, a tween when she debuted. And, like, she, like, got her GED or the GED equivalent, like, while... Well, like in between like tour tour dates or something Mm -hmm. i mean it's yeah like and that was in like 2002 or something so definitely um the focus on education was not very strong back then just look below I'm on the top oh, yeah. I'm the winner so I'm not try At the perfect time I shine so bright Yeah, the crown is mine, yeah If I dream in just one night Then me, Akira, me, what's wrong, Mash? too that like so here's this guy who this is his whole life everything he's ever known he doesn't have a formal education um but he's just like obviously very creative and this exhibit I don't know like I found it really like unexpectedly like 
emotional and, and just touching. One of the things too, one of the themes running through it was this like, I was calling it like the black rabbit of depression. I oh, don't his, know. His, his little, uh, his little black rabbit. Yeah. It doesn't have an official name. Uh, I think it's just black rabbit. Um, because, um, his tour, I guess, I don't know if it's really, it's not really a formal tour. I mean, it is, but it's not. Cause I think it's just like dates just like pop up and it's like, black rabbit tour which is but um yeah it's it's something that he's drawn for a long time yeah i it's like his alter ego or something almost. yeah but and it was on like some of the merchandise and i was tempted but then i was like i don't really know if i want to have image goods of shingo's depression rabbit (laughs) well i mean it's funny you say that because you know in his uh solo shows um he's brought out like a a somebody in like a big black rabbit costume (laughs) on stage and you know it's just kind of it's you know it's not like a gloomy thing when it's on stage just kind of like on the black rabbit (laughs) it's it is um I mean, I guess, like, not to, like, bring everything back to, like, Fantastipo, but again, like, the Johnnies from this era were just, I don't know, like, there's something, I just, I love how they just, like, they're just so creative in a lot of ways and just bring their audience along with them on these rides of just whatever it is is going on in their heads. I mean... If you think about it too, like this is something that I feel like most artists would like kill for to have an audience of people that just is so invested in, in just really appreciating you that they're just (laughs) ready. They're just ready to like follow you down whatever, you know, funk music, weird movies about bottled water. Like it doesn't The black rabbit hole the black rabbit hole like they're they're there for you and they're gonna appreciate whatever it is you do i mean i like there's something really like nice about that there is yeah i mean speaking as a fan i'm just kind of like you know you know chingu could put out anything and i'd probably buy it or you know give it a shot or whatever or watch it yeah yeah i mean i i'm like that with um certain artists whatever it is they're doing i'm like well, I mean, ABCC, like... Exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, like whatever they're doing, I'm like, oh, okay, sure. Because I've gone to, to see, um, you know, stage plays, and one of the whole reasons I even really kind of dedicated myself more to learning um, Japanese was Totsuka Shota from ABCZ had started writing these essays uh, in um, this magazine, Da Vinci, which is like a book magazine mm-hmm. um a magazine about books and um well he's another one that doesn't really have a formal education and um it's actually kind of interesting in because in his essays he talks about learning not learning how to read like you know tori can't read but um m- more like just learning how to read literature and um learning more kanji and those kinds of things like I mean I guess I don't know if maybe we should even explain that but like in Japanese they have like a phonetic alphabet that you can use to spell words but then um, they also use uh, kanji which are the the Chinese characters the 
the um the ones that are like the pictures if you ever see anyone with like a Chinese tattoo or whatever like yeah those, those characters right and so um like a lot of these like it's easy enough to learn like the phonetic alphabet but um if you want to read um manga or whatever it's usually you can get by with um sort of a basic set of kanji um just you know through context or whatever or they may put um uh, the pronunciation above the words or whatever but if you want to read like a literary book you yeah so so Tatsu um talks about like having a dictionary with him and just like looking everything up like character by character and um he would have probably been like 18 or 19 or 20 like around this time um and yeah, well, so anyway, so that's why I was like, well, I want to read these. This fandom is minuscule. <laughs> <laughs> you have to get the content yourself. And basically, if I don't translate this, nobody, nobody else will. Is, like, there's no, no one is going to do this. It's me or nobody. So, um, yeah. But, um, yeah, so that's what, so I learned about uh, literature, which I never would have done otherwise. So, yeah, so it's kind of interesting, like, um, and I feel like this this early generation especially were just for whatever reason they just had like this freedom to do more things i feel like the ones today i I don't know they just don't have maybe quite that um that uh lack of oversight or just i'm not really that into the newer generation i mean i like Travis japan a lot but i feel like a lot of them they they'll they do things but i don't know if it's really the same as being kind of loosey-goosey and just kind of doing what you feel like going to the flow i suppose yeah yeah or more like doing things with an aim for playing on youtube or social media versus just these projects that would only have in the past it really probably only would have been seen by fans yeah and not necessarily been like on the internet like like i mean like everything's changed now like things are online now and um what was it even at the big junior concert they had they actually had i think a little i don't know how long it was but they had like a little part um near the end where you could actually take video and photos oh my god yes i saw that that's yeah which wow yeah that's that is wild Mm -hmm. like that's like a whole new world i did hear somebody though and this is a good thing that because all the fans are so used to only holding the uchiwas of up to a certain level that everybody is holding their phones at the same level too so that nobody's vision was obscured by like people holding phones in the air Oh, yeah, you love to hear it. (laughs) I just hope they keep doing that, which, I mean, they probably will. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, they're probably not, never, like, I can't see them ever doing, like, the full concert, but maybe they'll just keep it for the encore. Yeah. Which, I mean, there were worse. Yeah, I I feel like that's fine. People like to have a little fun. They like to record a little something to, I mean, I I don't really do it because I'm, all my pictures turn out like shit anyway, but, um. You know, just have a little bit to enjoy and go back to you sometimes and you want to relive it yourself, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Especially, <laughs> too, because um, I'm I'm guessing you didn't uh, go to a, a concert when you were there. 
No, I was supposed okay. to go to a fan, uh, the Atari Chizu, Chizu fan meeting, but it was in Sapporo, and I just like I can't get on another Aww, plane. Yeah, there. yeah. <laughs> um, I was I was way overestimating my ability. <laughs> well, I mean that's it is overwhelming. Yeah, um, being in Japan, especially for the first time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So so at, at a Johnny's concert, there is um, there are you know there are times where the members will go um, around the arena mm-hmm. um, or up and down through the aisles and give. So okay, so fan service in like K-pop stand circles is um, means one thing, but in like a Johnny's fan service, I mean it's it's usually like somebody will have an uchiwa that says um, like make a heart and Mm -hmm. you know the idol will see it and make a heart or like point and they'll see it and they'll point at you and you know it's fan service um and so that is something that i could see that it would be nice if you had your phone out recording at a reasonable height you know not Mm -hmm. blocking anyone's view and um so when they were coming around and giving fan service if they did it for you which has happened to me but i don't have video (laughs) of it (laughs) No, that would be kind of nice. I can see that. And usually that is kind of like the encore. Yeah. Uh, like race all around and yeah. Just be chaotic. Be chaotic. Yeah. Which is fun. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I do love, um, you know, even after everything, I do love Johnny's and Associates. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a shame that everything happened and the organization was founded by a man who is a serial pedophile yeah pedophile, <laughs> allegedly <hopefully. laughs> resting in hell hopefully i mean but yeah, um, yeah and i and i can direct people too if you're curious um i apparently one of my most popular posts right now which is um i translated a bit of uh kita koji's yes memoirs. i read that yes. okay yeah i did yeah. a couple chapters um and they're uh on my website so i can link those it's yeah it's um it's not great what happened to these young men um it really is not not nice what happened to them but as far as concepts go like it's it's just a interesting and like i guess a different concept for me and you know when i was younger i was you know i was written to you know boy bands like the american ones um, you know, I was I was really into Hanson when I was younger, like <laughs> whoa, like long after their uh, their peak. But um, that's a story for another day. Um, but you know, it's it's kind of the same thing. It's it's fun. You know, there's good songs. You know, um, I guess I I kind of like that. It's I suppose in a way some groups they're more theatric because um, I don't know if you saw Travis Japan. Last year, two years ago, I can't remember anymore. No. Um, on America's on America's Got oh, Talent. I mean, I watched the I watched the um, video of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gosh, one of the judges, I can't remember who now, um, was just like, "Oh, it's it's very Vegas," and I'm like, "You get it, you get it." Yeah. Well, I will say, like, uh, Johnny loved Las Vegas, like, yeah. and he would take them there to see like the shows and stuff. Yeah, like the Johnny's ethos is it's very it is very like razzle dazzle showbiz, which I happen to love. Yeah, I too love the shows in Las Vegas. Uh, yeah, it is very theatric. So like the other half of Kinky Kids, uh, Domoto Koichi, he's got like this stage play called Shock, which has been running for like 
I mean, it's over twenty years now. I is think. it twenty years? I think it was twenty years last, like very recently. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Because I think it started in. Because it was what was it? it was like shock, and then it was like. Um, shocking shock, and then it was like something else. Millennium shock. Oh my god, I'm on the Wikipedia. Millennium shock. Yes. So I think it's even older than that. Um, it must have oh. been like 1999 then. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. It was actually originally a shonen tie thing. Oh, it must because... have been part of um Playzone then. I don't know because I was looking on um Japanese Mercari, and they had like a, a laser disc. Of like f- some nineteen ninety one performance from like Shonen Tai, and I think it was just like called Shock or something. Wow. But, okay. Yeah, and I keep, I'm like, oh man, I should get it, and I'm like, you don't have a laser plus laser player, you dumbass. Because I've seen some of the older like Shonen Tai play zones and stuff, because um, ABCZ would back dance for them. Like they would be like they were back dancers for some of those those um, uh, play zones. So I think it's based on that, but now now it's just it's mainly his thing now because I think he he rewrote it and he rewrote the so- I don't I don't know if he rewrote the songs because oh I'm sure he did I, I think famously he doesn't write songs because he doesn't want people to know his like true feelings or something <laughs> like that but he'll compose <laughs> so like if King Kids writes a song together usually Siyoshi yeah. will write the lyrics and Koichi will compose it. Yeah, he is because isn't that the joke too that like he just like never leaves his room. He never leaves his room. <laughs> He's playing video games. He <laughs> loves he loves his dog and he loves F one. Yeah, he loves F one. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> he loves his dog and he loves F one. Yeah, <laughs> and he has no time for anything else. Oh, he is he is interesting too because he had the like prince the princely image, which I think he still does. <laughs> even because he does, that... but it. Yeah, wasn't it's that one so- of the things from like the um oh my god, was it the uh that uh Johnny's like the big Matsujin produced show and they like they voted on the or am I conflating it with countdown, but they like voted I on think like it the was countdown. Was it countdown? I think it was- where they had like the five like princely idols and like Yeah. Yeah. And like he was one of them. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he got first though. Yeah, he didn't get first and then everyone was like, Oh no, we have to give him first because he's our senpai like <laughs> it's a very funny image because if you just it, he's at the princely image but if you see him on anything he's just like this like Oji-san he's like an uncle yeah now. he's an Oji-san like a very like a, an endearing one yeah but he'll be like he's like oh this shirt costs 300 yen <laughs> he's like oh, I buy I buy all my underwear and it's all black and it's like intact <laughs> He is very endearing. Oh God, yeah, yeah. But he's also very like um, particular. Like he has very high standards. So I always look at like who he gets to be in shock, and I'm like, if you make the cut, because he's not putting you in as like a um, like a, a pity thing, like or just right. yeah. Like there are some of the other Johnny's plays. Like yeah, you you see who's the lead, and you're like, oh. Yeah, you, there was really nothing else for you, so they just stuck you in here. But like in shock, <laughs> like no way, like no way. He's not. He's not taking any like pity, sympathy, Johnny's no. in his shows. I tried to get tickets, which was a famous, famous failure because you know I guess it's one of the hardest shows to get tickets to. 
Yeah. And they really cracked down on um, like ticket resales, which like I I, I, I wasn't even going to attempt that. I'm like, oh, man, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, I and I used to um, because I, I have friends who live in Japan and mm-hmm. um, would help me with um, like tickets and stuff. And so I used to get like ticket resales. I mean, for ABCZ stuff, it was never all that um, pricey. But now yeah. they've really cracked down on a lot of that, which, I mean, is good in theory, but, like, in practice, like, for me, like, coming from overseas, I'm kind of like, no, I just want to buy a ticket to the show. Like, I'll pay, yeah. like, I'll pay $200. Like, it's, yeah, I want to go. Like, this is my only chance. Like, you don't understand. This is my yeah. only chance. Because it's like, you know, it's for, you know, everything else, you you ballot for it. And yeah. um, then, you know, the fan club is first. And um, then you can get tickets, not on the resale market, but they're like kind of like ticket. It's, it's they're equivalent to Ticketmaster, basically. Play guide. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, is that for all these sites, they want you to have a Japanese phone number that you can get a text, so that you can get like you know your little code. And it's like, okay, this is impossible. I don't have a, a Japanese phone number that I can get text to. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, my friends help me with everything with that yeah. kind of stuff. And, um, yeah, like, so when I got my ticket to the, um, uh, Shingo's art exhibit, like I ordered it online with my friend's account and then I went and paid for it at, um, like 7-Eleven. Oh my God. That was such a pain. It wasn't a, it was, it's probably a very uniquely Japan experience to do that. Cause it's like, oh, you know, I paid for it online. Yeah. Uh, or no, actually, I reserved it online. Reserved it and online, then, then pay at Seven Eleven. Yeah. I had to go. To, I went across the street from my hotel, the Family Mart, and I printed out the ticket. Yeah, yeah. And I paid the counter. I'm like, uh-huh. it's like, what year is this? You're yeah. not even in Johnny's anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's definitely pretty unique. Um, yeah. But yeah, I've been because my first time in Japan was in. 2014 and mm-hmm. I didn't know anything when I went um so now like a decade later I'm uh, a lot uh savvier about certain things like being able to go to the company and like talk to someone and, and pay for things is like okay now but yeah no it's it's definitely pretty if you're if you've never been to Japan and you're thinking about going for like a Johnny's thing like if you possibly can I would recommend making some kind of contact with somebody over there. Just, it would make your life a lot easier. Yeah, it's it was it was a lot for me, um, mainly because you know I do know some Japanese. Um, I'm relearning it actually because I learned <laughs> this. I took actually Japanese from second to ninth grade in school, and then I just stopped because kanji was too hard. Um, <laughs> and now I'm trying to pick it back up again. So I, I you know, in I know, like, a few, you know, basic phrases that I can get along with, but, you know, my anxiety was just, like, so high that it was just, like, off the window. I can barely speak English. I can't speak Japanese now. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, no, I, yeah, I get it. Um, yeah. It's it's a lot. It is a lot, for sure. I mean, and they have, um, they have things that are, yeah, like, very convenient if you're Japanese, but... <laughs> Um, as a foreigner without a foreign or without a Japanese phone or phone number um, it just yeah it does it does make life very hard it's just like oh it's a pain in the butt I yeah. see yeah yeah 
yeah well I, is there anything else we want to touch on oh gosh um, let's see how long we've been going oh, oh not even two, two hours. hours yeah hmm, that's not even all that bad um what <laughs> are you also a, a yamapi fan I am a Yamaki fan. Okay. Did he's you... not like, he's not, he's kind of like lower on my tier list, but I am a fan of him. Okay. Um, did you watch that HBO series? Uh, Tokyo Vice? Yeah. I did. I did too. What did you think? It was okay. Yeah. Like. I kind of thought so. It was enough to watch it. Like, it was like, all right. So, um. I really you... hated the female lead yeah she like her her she put zero effort into believably speaking japanese mm-hmm. um her japanese sounded ridiculous <laughs> and she was supposed to be fluent and i was like oh no um her character was terrible i didn't like and yeah that was bad but i did like Yamapi as the host he was yeah i i like d- him a delight as a bastard i always love when they play bastards <laughs> yeah Oh, did like you they... watch um, Alice in Borderland? I did not watch that. <gasps> oh my god! Yeah, yeah. I was... did you watch um, Drops of God though, no. which I believe was what was what streaming service was that on? I don't know. It um, was on something. Was it on Hulu? It was on Apple Plus. That's what Apple Plus. Yes, it's if you've if you've read the manga, it's nothing like that apparently, huh, but okay. it's still very good. I think it was good. So Apple Plus, all yes. right. Yeah, yeah. I miss. I do miss his um, his singing. Like, well, he just had an album come out. Oh, did he? He did. Yeah. See, I didn't even know that. I should know yeah. that. Well, clearly, wasn't like shoved in my face. <laughs> it's called Sweet Vision, and you can listen to it on Spotify. Ooh, all right. Yamapi is another one who's left um, Johnny's, but I've always had a soft spot for him. I don't know why, um, except that he's another one who's like, he's not a technically good actor, but I really like watching him. And when he's in the right role, he does very well. Like in Tokyo Vice, I thought he was excellent. Mm-hmm. 
as the um yeah the bastard host <laughs> and um <laughs> yeah it's well i've been thinking about him though because he's friends with uh jejung from X- yeah X-TV i was thinking X-Q. about that when you're talking about jejung and i'm like yeah. oh yeah because they're like buddies and they even had the same haircut for a while <laughs> which <laughs> which always like warms my heart because <laughs> i remember seeing jejung in um this drama, Sunoni Narinakte, it had Eita in it. I remember watching it like in 2010 when it was on and um, thinking that, I was like, oh, this guy looks like a Korean Yamapi. And he kind of <laughs> does because they had the same haircut. <laughs> yeah, but he has, um, Yamapi is another one where like he doesn't have this like amazing, technically good uh, singing voice, but I like. I like the sound of his voice and I've always had a soft spot for his, um, I feel like he has a good sense of rhythm and yeah, I've always just liked his songs. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, Hata Combo is a old favorite of mine. Yeah. Yeah. His new, yeah, his new album is out now. Um, he's doing a tour around Japan right now, actually. Oh man, Yamapi. I know, right? Come it's so here. Do like a do like a showcase in like New York or something. I'll go up yeah, for that. God, that's what I'm hoping. Like I saw I saw Akanishi Jin at a showcase in New York like a decade ago. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he did he did a couple. He did like some. He did like a little U.S. tour, didn't he? Because yeah, I know well, he played yeah, okay. Chicago or something. So he, I don't I don't remember the whole I don't know the whole Jin timeline because I know there's some stuff yeah, happening. Yeah. <laughs> So he did, like, the yellow gold showcases or whatever, and everybody, like, loved it, ate it up. Because he was, again, like, um, he was known for his, like, beautiful singing voice, like, and um, and then he, like, he, like, makes a whole big thing of, like, having this American debut. Everyone's like, ooh, like, expecting something, like, along those lines. And he comes back with... Test drive, like featuring Jason Derulo, <laughs> which is it sounds exactly like a song from 2011 featuring Jason Derulo would sound. And um. And so that's the tour. Like he did, he did. Like it must have just been New York and LA. I'm sure I can find old articles, and I'll I'll link those. But um, it was really funny because it was just like he like he didn't. He just like clearly wanted to be like an American pop star, and so he just acted like this total douche on stage. Like he didn't do any like Johnny stuff. Like like when you see a Johnny's you expect like a certain level of like like fan service and engaging with the audience and like he just was like not doing he was like not doing any of that like <laughs> he was just gonna be like this douchebag on stage <laughs> and oh my god yeah that was that was an experience yeah yeah I keep hoping that hopefully Travis Japan will come back to the U.S. and do a show somewhere and, you know, it's like, I'm ready to fly anywhere in the continental U.S. for it. I wanted to go to, because they were performed at the Wash, the Cherry Blossom Festival in Washington, D.C. 
Oh, right, yeah. But it was too short notice for me to, like, fly out there and, like, get a hotel and stuff, and it was just a pee in the butt. Yeah, and that's the kind of thing, too, where I feel like it wouldn't, it just wouldn't necessarily have been, like, I, I feel like that's not something I would have gone out of my way for. Yeah. Like, it wouldn't have been the same thing as, like, going to, like, a theater and and having, like, a concert. Yeah. There's apparently a bunch of Travis Japan fans, like, up and down the East Coast, though. Or, I don't think it's Travis Japan. I think it's just a bunch of Johnny's fans, like, up and down the East Coast. And, like, they, like, get together sometimes. And I'm just, like, sitting here in the Midwest. It's very sad. Like, oh. Yeah, I guess if there was if there was a Travis Japan concert in New York, mm-hmm. I would go. Or, like, yeah. Yeah, I would go. Why not? I'm just, like... I'll I'll go to Chicago. I'll travel to Chicago. I'll travel to LA. I'll travel to New York. I I have enough points on my credit card that I can play <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, I would go. I'd go to Chicago to see Yamapi. So would I. I yeah. could uh, make my uh, make my K-pop friend go see Yamapi. <laughs> yeah, who doesn't like Yamapi? Have you seen his um his show that he did Route sixty six? <sighs> I let me see what this way. I have it. Okay. I have a Blu-ray copy of it. I haven't watched it yet because I keep meaning to like time the subs that I have from like the broadcast copy onto my Blu-ray copy, oh, and right. I keep procrastinating on it. Oh yeah, I guess but I've I seen don't... bits and pieces. Yeah, okay, yeah. I guess I didn't need um, subtitles, but uh, yeah, it's it is really delightful. Um, I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, I highly recommend it. I might just go ahead and watch it without subtitles. Just so Honestly, see. I think it'd be okay. There's enough yeah. like English in there just because he's in America. Yeah. So for people that don't know, he um he like buys a truck in I guess like is he does he start in Chicago? He starts in Chicago. He starts in Chicago, right? Yeah. And then he, he just like buys a truck and drives it from there to um the Santa Monica Pier where Route 66 ends mm-hmm. and because I was just in I have friends in um, uh, California so I was just out there last October and um, I was like oh I have to go to Santa Monica Pier and stand where Yama Pete's still <laughs> 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 <And> like... <laughs> because that's you know that's what you do you you go and uh, hang out at places where Yama Pete was um, yeah exactly you stand there and you're just like oh Yama Pete was here Yama Pete was here <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's that is also really delightful. Yeah, um hmm, I don't know what, what how I want to wrap this up except that uh Johnny's is still a very fun hobby to have even though there's a lot of negative stuff about the founder of the company um <laughs> and deservedly so. Uh yeah, I can link to my um translations but uh yeah the the talents themselves i think oh thank god they got rid of the eternal producer credit oh my god yeah that was creepy even without the pedophilia (laughs) 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 but if you ignore that guy and the guy and you know the name of the company and a lot of other things that happen to have his name like um johnny's west um it's great actually (laughs) yeah 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 i mean like let's be real like is there is there a boy band like impressi what is it impressionaro that mm-hmm. um is not like a total creep 
I don't think so. I don't think so either. Because so... what? There's what? Johnny. Lou Perlman. Yeah, um, oh I've heard the, the AKB guy has been up his kind of sketchy. The um, oh my god! Actually, I'll say this: the worst one I've encountered um, is well, okay. So there's um, Edgardo Diaz, who is the guy behind oh, Menudo. Yeah. Who? Yeah, there's some real allegations there, and then um, the guy who was the manager of the Bay City Rollers. Mm-hmm. <sighs> If you want some real grim reading, the uh, Bay City Rollers history is like, that is a grim, grim read. That is grim. Yeah. Yeah. No, well, that maybe that's like a real downer note. Let's <laughs> but outside of the exploitation, it's a very, <laughs> very nice hobby to have. <laughs> yeah. But what what industry isn't full of exploitation? That's the whole. Oh, God. Makes the, it makes the world go round, basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like the worst ending. <laughs> Wait, let's go out on like. Oh my god. Okay, what song? What song should we like send people away with? Oh god. Oh god, that's something depressing. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be happy. Okay. A Cano. Original smile. Yeah, we should do that. Let's make people happy. Yay. Okay. Um. Okay, I'm gonna stop the recording. See?